From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. Hey, JR. It was a whirlwind of a week. The big story, of course. House Speaker Paul Ryan announced he won't be seeking re-election in November. This means Wisconsin's first congressional district is up for grabs, and it sent potential candidates for the seat scrambling. Many eyes were on Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, wondering if he would make a run. But on Friday, Voss announced that he would not bid for the seat. Also, Reince Priebus took a pass, and so did State Senator Dave Craig. So... How do you think the race for Ryan's seat will shape up in the next few weeks? Well, as far as the Republican side, um, there's attorney Brian Stile, who is on the Board of Regents, um, comes from a line of attorneys in the Janesville area. Uh, The going bet is that he will get in. Uh, His family's known Ryan's for a while. There's a a belief that in 2012, if Ryan had won the vice presidency, that Stile would have run for the congressional seat then, if there had been a special election. So... For all these candidates, there's a challenge, and that challenge is can they either raise the money in a four-month sprint to the primary or pull their personal resources to get their campaigns off the ground because you look at the Democratic side, and Randy Bryce has raised about $4.75 million so far already. That's a big chunk of change. Now, for Democrats, a lot of the attention ends up on Bryce because of the fundraising. You can't forget Kathy Myers, a teacher, member of the Janesville School Board, she raised a half million dollars in the first three months of 2018. That's not bad for a first-time House candidate. Just that it's not the money that, that Bryce is raising. So she's been kind of overlooked in some ways. Then you have former congressman, uh, former Southern leader, and current rep, uh, Peter Barco, who's looking at running, at least will consider it. You know, for all of them, it's going to be about the money raised. Can they put resources together to build a campaign in a short window Uh, for the August primary. In other developments, billionaire environmentalist Tom Steyer was in Wisconsin last week and says he's going to commit significant money here. He says he's going to pour money into the U.S. Senate race and getting incumbent Democrat Tammy Baldwin reelected. And he was going to put money into ousting Paul Ryan and Governor Walker. What kind of weight will that money have? And now that Ryan is out, does that mean Steyer would direct even more money into defeating Walker? Uh, Good question. Um, It is a good sign for Democrats that outside groups are going to get involved here to help with the cause come November. Traditionally, at least the last several cycles, Democrats just don't have the same financial firepower that Republicans do when it comes to financing campaigns and outside groups. They need national money to come into Wisconsin to improve their chances against Scott Walker, for example, to give them more resources in the the U.S. Senate race. So everything you see from a guy like Tom Steyer for Democrats is a good sign that they're going to be funded and be able to carry out the campaigns they want to this fall, the turnout operation, the reaching voters, you know, all those kinds of key things. You call it the ground game. Those are all things that will help fund that ground game in Wisconsin for Democrats. Well, speaking of the U.S. Senate race, Republican candidate and state senator Leah Vukmir says she is, quote, very confident that the Wisconsin GOP will endorse her at the convention this spring. Why is uh, why is she so sure, and what kind of weight would that endorsement provide for her? Well, she's been working the grassroots for a long time. She's been doing these congressional district party meetings and doing well in their straw polls. So 
you kind of project that out to the May state convention and she feels like she's in good position to win the endorsement. Now, what that means, you know, the party's not going to go out and do like campaign ads for any candidate endorses. What it will do, though, at least in the primary, what it will do, though, is when the Republicans do like their calls in August to turn out for the the primaries or trial run for November, they'll mention, by the way, we're we've endorsed, you know, candidates X, Y and Z go vote for them you know, on Tuesday, they will give those candidates who win the endorsement of the party access to staff, fundraiser, fundraising lists, you know, all those kinds of resources that help them build a campaign. It, for Vukmir, it'd be a huge boost because Nicholson has been getting so much outside help. Uh, we've seen a string of nas- of groups getting involved for him, uh, many of them funded by Dick Uline, a Illinois businessman who's become a, a major donor in Wisconsin politics for conservatives. So, Vukmir can use the help to level the playing field with Nicholson and the national money he's been attracting. In other developments, Democratic State Senator Lena Taylor was cited for disorderly conduct after she after she allegedly hurled a racial slur and got into an argument with a bank teller. Even though her seat isn't up until 2020, will this follow her? You know, good question. Uh, the immediate kind of concern is, will the Democratic caucus punish her in any way? Will there be something that they want to do about this or a statement they want to make. Everything very quiet about this so far. It is uh, one of those kind of don't you know who I am moments, and those aren't real good ones for people in elected office to have. Now, again, I don't know what the caucus is going to do. We haven't got any comment from them or any indications of, of some kind of punishment. But, you know, Lena has had issues before where there have been stories about the staff turnover in her office, um, things like that, and she won... Uh, funded off a primary challenge la- uh, in 2016, in part because she's known as a fierce advocate for her district. So the question becomes, will the district voters see that passion she has for their concerns and decide that's more important than some kind of you know, personal feeling like this one in a situation such as this? On another note, Republican State Representative Dale Coinga says he'll pay the $30,000 penalty stemming from a lawsuit over his removal of an anti-Trump sign at the state capitol. Seeing as though he is running for Leah Vukmir's seat in the state Senate, was this the politically savvy thing to do? Well, it's better than having the taxpayers pick up the tab for a lawsuit that you are the cause of. The question becomes, will voters be forgiving of the way that Kenyenga may pay this off. We've not gotten direct comment from him, but he said in his announcement that he was going to pay it back with the help of family and friends. He didn't clarify what that meant, but from what we understand, he could use, for example, campaign funds to pay off that money. So does that go far enough for voters? They say, okay, you know, he used these resources to do it, or are they going to say, no, it's not right to be using campaign dollars. He should be paying back himself. I mean, if you think about it, his salary as a state lawmaker is like just more than $50,000. This is a good chunk of change for him to pay back personally, so it makes sense he'd use the campaign funds. But how will voters feel about that? That's kind of to be determined. And finally, Governor Walker signed the welfare reform bills into law last week. The new legislation increases the work requirement for food stamp recipients and mandating for the first time that parents work for food. Is this red meat for the base? And at the same time, will this be another angle on which Democrats in the race can attack Walker? Well, uh, Republicans feel like this package is popular across the spectrum. They say that their polling shows people generally back I- the idea of requiring people to do something in order to receive government assistance. For, so for them, they see it as a, a winner politically. 
The Democrats have kind of pointed out that in, for example, the 10th Senate District special election in January, you know, Republicans went after Patty Schottner, the Democratic candidate, over some issues like this, and she won, you know, handedly in a Republican seat. So that raises the question for some, is this an issue that really resonates with voters and will crowd out the other concerns they have about things like, you know, pick your President Trump, the economy, um, this possible trade, all these things percolating in Washington, D.C., will it overshadow those things or will those forces really drive what happens in the elections this fall? Good to talk to you, J.R. Anytime. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.